0: Welcome to the Grand Rapids Local History Podcast. I'm
1: Matthew Ellis. I'm Jessica Kroll.
0: And
2: I'm Travis.
1: We have a dog on good topic today. We're talking about animals in Grand Rapids.
2: So, uh, does anyone have any guesses as to what the top 10 pets are in the United States, according to a 2018 article from Insider.com? Anyone want to guess?
1: Dogs are probably number one.
2: You know, dogs are not on the top 10 list. What? Yeah.
0: What?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just reading the list. I didn't um, make it.
1: Cats? Do cats make the list?
2: Nope. Nope.
1: Bearded dragon.
2: Uh close. Reptiles is, is number okay. ten.
1: Okay. Yep. Okay.
0: Uh Amphibians is amphibians on the list.
2: I'll give it to you. Uh, uh turtles is, is number okay. eight. Okay, and, yeah. I, I would love to have a tourist but they live so long I would have to like, <laughs> impose upon nieces or nephews to take care of it when I'm dead and I think the future would, generation yeah.
1: but in your well
2: <laughs> they're like great this is all I get
1: um uh, horses
2: uh, no horses uh, were mentioned uh, and they said that they're they're fairly unpopular because of the relatively high cost
1: huh. oh okay uh, teacup pigs
2: close <laughs> um, well not close but Guinea pigs.
1: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, that was my next guess was rodents.
2: Sure. We'll give you hamsters and guinea pigs for that one. And you know what? Ferrets. I don't know if ferrets are rodents, ferrets. but I think okay. so. So we're, we're, we've we're knocked out the bottom half of the list. Huh. And so- I think you're thinking too specific. Birds. There you go. Number two.
1: Nice. I got nothing.
2: Okay. So so the ones we didn't get were Rabbits. Which really made me uh, chuckle. Um, And then chickens or poultry.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
2: And the number one was fish. Oh. Okay. uh, Okay. Mostly freshwater fish, not as many saltwater fish. I can see that, like a goldfish or something. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, or a placostomus. Those are great for any tank. What, what's that? They, <laughs> what it's, is a, that? It's, a, it's a little, they're called placos or placostomuses. They're little sucker fishes and they help clean your tank. Oh, oh okay. so They just kind of live, live in harmony with everything and stick to the side. Cool. Um, so that was the list in 2018. Uh, I do want to briefly mention what's become a fairly popular pandemic pet. Any guesses on that one?
1: A cat?
2: Snails snails <gasps> snails they're hugely popular right now if if you think that instagram is pop popularity <laughs> worthy um but yeah uh, so folks have been getting snails uh, they're fairly easy to take care of they live you know two or three years huh. and um if you're bored uh before three years maybe just <laughs> put them back in the garden right um what people are finding out is that they are intersex and they can reproduce without a mate so uh People are like, I have two (laughs) snails. And then uh, two weeks later, they have a dozen snails. Oh, no. (laughs) Snowballing. Um, If you do want to get a snail, don't order them online. Find them locally because (laughs) uh, they can be invasive. And black market sites that might sell them are black market. Yikes. And also, uh, the John Balzoo, which we'll get to a little bit later, has a chestnut cowrie snail. Hmm. And so... uh, you can get your fix there if you don't have room for a pet. Uh, has anyone seen the adorable little shorts on YouTube from like maybe a decade ago? But uh, Marcel the Shell. Marcel the Shell. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, so according to the American Veterinary Medical Association, uh, better known as the AMVA, uh, what are the states with lowest rates of pet ownership?
0: I'm gonna guess Alaska.
2: Mm, not on the list.
1: Huh. New York.
2: New York is on the list, and there are several other East Coast states: Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, which doesn't surprise me, um, and Rhode Island, and Washington D.C. So a lot oh. of the East Coast, and then South Dakota is on oh. I think that makes me laugh. Oh, uh, interesting. Remember that when we get to the top ten states with with ownership, um, and then Illinois. Oh, so, weird. And Illinois and Georgia, which kind of surprised me. Uh, so now that we know the East Coast is least likely to have pets, what about the top 10? Any guesses there?
1: Hmm.
2: Michigan is number 15.
1: Wow, okay. Huh. Texas?
2: Not listed. Wow. Well, what about uh, Florida? Also not in the top 10.
1: Huh.
2: I should Ca- clarify. These are all listed, 1 through 50. So when I say not listed, it's not on the top <laughs> 10 or bottom 10.
0: Okay. 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 Uh, uh, California? Nope. What?
1: North Dakota?
2: Yes. I thought that was really funny because mm. it's at the top 10, and then South Dakota's in the bottom 10. <laughs> so oh, I don't weird. Know how that works out. I thought they were the same state, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. And then uh, Wyoming, uh, Idaho. Uh, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vermont and West Virginia kind of round out the top ten. Hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, Michigan is number fifteen with a, a roughly sixty-two percent uh, of folks owning pets, and the average is about fifty-eight percent. Okay. And roughly thirty-eight billion dollars will be spent on pet food and treats this year.
1: Wow! Wow!
2: Which is up about one billion dollars from thirty-seven billion in twenty nineteen according wow. to the American Pet Products Association. So, huge money.
1: That,
0: that's, that's, a, that's a higher percentage of pet ownership than I thought that would be, to be honest.
2: So, there are some discrepancies and disagreements among professionals about these ratings. Um, they say, first of all, most of these studies are, are self-volunteered information. So, they say... Do you want to take a test on whether or not you want a pet? Maybe mm-hmm. you like your pet and you do. So uh, according to a few other folks, it could be as low as 50%, 50-ish percent Okay. for average. Um, so there is some discrepancy. And other groups say um, the American Veterinary Medical Association basically is part, of, this is part of their business. So they want these rates to be high. Mm-hmm. So there's some uh, unforeseen... Uh, conflict there, which right, uh, right. Was, was funny. But yeah, so uh, we just know that most folks probably own pets, and uh, I think we can leave it at that.
0: What do you think the most popular animal in Grand Rapids is?
2: I think maybe dogs or cats.
1: I don't know. You guys tricked, or Travis tricked me on that first one, so I'm going to take a wild guess and say a ferret.
0: <laughs> or a I don't pet. know. I, I was just asking. I was just oh. <laughs> Your guess is as good as
2: mine. Uh, we, we, yeah, we probably should stick to that average list and say probably fish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I know there's an uh, an ordinance for backyard chickens, but uh, <laughs> because there are some, some legal loopholes to jump through, I'm guessing it's mm-hmm. not a very popular pet. Right. I'm guessing the neighbors to folks with chickens know it's not a popular pet. My my brother um, lives on the east side of the state, and I won't get specific so he doesn't get in trouble, but he got some chickens. And, um Or so he thought. And then the next morning, one of them started uh, started crowing. Uh So and so he took that (laughs) that rooster back to where he bought it and said, this cannot stay. Oh, no. (laughs) So that it worked out. No neighbor complaints. So
1: what pets do you guys have?
2: I've
0: got uh, two huskies.
2: What are their names?
0: Uh, We've got uh, Xander and Indy.
2: Which one's your favorite?
0: Oh gosh, I, I, I can't say that's they might they might be listening.
2: <laughs> oh, um, I have uh, three cats uh, in in order of age, oldest to youngest: uh, Jack, Madge, and little Chompers.
1: I don't have any pets of my own, but when I move into my new apartment, I will have two little kitty roommates named Kai and Oliver. Oh, fun! Cats are great. Yeah,
2: super low maintenance.
1: I bought Kai and I matching socks for Christmas, so I'm pretty excited about that.
2: Oh, so this one, Kai will participate with wearing socks?
1: Uh, yes, forcefully, yes.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. We, uh, we get Halloween costumes every year for the cats. And oh, I love it. N- none of them love it. Most will tolerate <laughs> for at least a few minutes, en- enough to snap a photo, and then it's, you'd better get this thing off of me.
1: Yep, I think that's how it's going to go.
0: So, so I don't know what the most popular animal is now, but, um, in the very early Grand Rapids, um, the most popular animal was arguably horses. It was it was how people got around. Um, instead of uh, garages, pretty much most early houses had stables, um, and those those stables weren't only for horses. You know, some some houses raised uh, pigs or uh, chickens really Uh, but but yeah yeah horses were a big were a big part of early grand rapids Um, i
2: have i have lived in an apartment on the west side uh, whose basement was a horse stable Oh oh, wow! it had been a horse stable it was remodeled before we moved in (laughs) but uh it was a very old house and, and that's they took the horses around back and that's where they uh that's where they stabled them so cool yeah, and, and I've also had the privilege of parking at an apartment on Lion Street. And uh, let's put it this way. Those driveways are narrow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're definitely made for horse carts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The, the I mean, the city was really organized um, in part around how horses got around. I mean, the, the very early roads... Were just where the the horse-drawn wagons had repeatedly made grooves. The the kind of the winding streets around uh, the Coldbrook area um, were because the horses couldn't make it across, like uh, the bogs or the the really muddy areas. So so those roads were kind of formed due to horses. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, with horses, um, uh, horse racing was a big problem in town. Um, a problem? Uh, well, I mean, uh, there there was like a professional group of horse racers. Um, okay. In in, in eighteen sixty nine, the Grand Rapids Horse Association was formed, um, and they uh, kind of raised horses and trained them for racing and contests. Um, wow. They they were featured at the first um, uh, local Grand Rapids um, fair, uh, but then there was there was also like illegal horse races, back alley horse races, I guess. The night uh, In 1862, the Common Council passed a resolution that allowed the marshal to punish um, horse racers and uh, riders and wagon drivers that drove immoderately.
2: Wow. So even the rider could get yeah. in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's great. Uh, I had no idea that would have been a thing, but I guess it makes sense. People want to do fast things on horses, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah. Horses were also somewhat loud once um, cobblestones were used to replace um, dirt or uh, plank roads. Um, one source I found that said that um, the sound of horse hooves on the cobble made the city very noisy. And I'm, I'm guessing that was
2: primarily in downtown. Again, mm-hmm. the things I would have, I've not ever thought of, uh, but when exposed to that information, seemed to make a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know the mm-hmm. clip clop times right x, x hundred. That, that makes sense.
0: Um, the the um, we had a pound here in town, and the um, there was horses that would occasionally run loose, and the pound master was uh, in charge of rounding those up and holding them until the owners could uh, pick them up.
2: That's very nice. <laughs>
0: um, uh, oddly, they it was only enforced in like the central city. Um, the areas outside, they kind of were like, okay, this is so far outside the city that uh, a wandering horse isn't going to cause too much problems, um, and so they just let it slide.
2: That's great. <laughs> uh, was there punishment uh, for the loose horse owner, or was yeah, just- yeah, they had, they had they had to pay a fine. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, and then
0: with horses, you know. Sometimes there would be a, uh, a wagon crash or a horse-related uh, injury. And so a lot of the early court cases were, were involved horses to some degree. Um, multiple city workers would uh, petition the Common Council to reimburse injuries uh, caused by and
1: caused to horses. I imagine there were many broken feet back then.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I bet. There was also one weird reference that I found where the city had to have like a specific policy on when a horse would damage a tree. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was if they crashed into the tree or if they were eating the leaves or something. But the the common council levied a, a five dollar fine on owners whose horse damaged a tree within the city.
2: I, I agree with you. I wanna know how these horses damage the trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My guess is is you're probably right. Also, uh, is that they've just munched on the leaves? Yeah. Could a horse run into a tree?
1: So uh, yeah, it's like I don't know.
2: Hurt, hurt the horse more than the tree.
1: Right. I've seen horses or trees in horse pastures before, so I'm assuming they just eat them. Eat the leaves. Yeah.
2: Little little dietary variety.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are kind of giraffe like in nature, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't blame the horse. the The
0: city would also sometimes pay people and horses. Um, so we have a specific uh, example where uh, Mr. Berkeley was paid in two horses for his work in 1865. It looked like he was employed for the whole year and was, put, was paid in uh,
2: two horses. That's really, and I don't, we don't know much about the economic, I don't know much about the economic time during 1865. Obviously that's, you know, world, our Civil War era. Yeah. Um, He wouldn't have done that for lack of cash, would they have?
0: I'm not sure i'm i I would imagine that around that time horses were much needed. Sure, so sure. Uh, industry surrounded a lot of um like horses horses were involved in kind of forming the early industry of Grand Rapids. there was There was a whole wagon making industry, Studebaker. The early uh, car manufacturers you know were were horse, wagon horse carriage manufacturers. Um, and there was, there was a few here in town. The, the horses were used heavily in the logging, logging industry, um, and a lot of the city departments relied on horses. You know, the police and fire departments relied on the horses to carry the, um, their, their police wagons and the, and the fire hoses. We have this really neat photograph of how they would do leaf cleanup in the city, where they, they had a horse-drawn cart, that went around and people would just rake up the leaves and put them in the cart. Um, so we have this, this great photo of like a a cart just full of leaves overflowing, um, pulled by these two horses.
2: Boy, uh, I hope a whole bunch of people don't hear about that because uh, I think a lot of people in the city would really appreciate city leaf pickup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Buy horse. Bring bring back the horses. Uh,
0: but eventually, the uh, the automobile replaced the horse. Um, we have I've got an example here of the public services department that really shows how quickly um, the the horses went away. Um, in 1923, there were 17 horses um, that were used by the public services department. And in their 1923 report, they noted that they had three new um, type of gondola cars um, that were first added. And then a, a year later, the amount of horses um, dropped to nine. And then in 1925, um, just two years later, um, four trucks were added and only three horses were used. And by 1926, there was no horses Um so in in a little over three years, horses went from being a, a main
2: staple of the of the city departments to being replaced by automobiles. So gondola cars were were kind of like trucks. Is that correct? Do you know what those looked like?
0: I'm I'm not sure. I, I tried to to see what they were. If they were like cars that were also pulled by horses, or what? If they were like a, a in between a truck and a car, or something like that. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. No problem.
1: Uh, so going back to the horses being used in industries, um, police and fire departments relied on them a lot. I have an article here from the Los Angeles Fire Department that was sent to me by uh, Lieutenant Bill Smith of the Grand Rapids Fire Department. It's a very long article. It's really interesting, but I'm going to sum it up with just this one paragraph. And it says, when the horse population grew here in the new world, the number of Dalmatians grew with them for the same reason they were popular in the old country. Um, Every firehouse back then had a set of fast horses to pull the pumper wagon. And it became common for each group of firemen to keep a dalmatian the spotted dogs not only guarded the firehouse horses and kept them company during their like boring waits between fires um when the horses took off for a fire the dog would run alongside the pumper to keep them going that's really cool yeah
2: we don't have we don't have any dalmatians uh at the firehouses now is that correct jess
1: that is correct well not not totally incorrect Um, if you look at, uh, I can't remember if it's engine one or engine two, but out of the Lagrave station, downtown Grand Rapids, um, if you, I believe it's, it might be engine one, but if you see that around town, look on the back of it because there is a Dalmatian on the back of that engine. Um, it's fake, but it's there. That's
2: right. I, uh, you've jogged my memory. I have seen that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, so there are no Dalmatians in the department, but the department does currently have a dog. Um, If you've not heard of him, go check out his Instagram to see how cute he is. But his name is Axel. His Instagram is at AxelGRFireDog. Um, He's a Pit Bull Lab Mix. And he's, um, well, during the pandemic, he's not really, he's just hanging out at the station. But uh, he's a community dog dog. For community events, he hangs out with the firefighters, keeps them company during their shifts. Um, He stays with Chief Lehman right now, but he was adopted from a shelter. I have an article from Wood TV that uh, talks a little bit about him, but he's the friendliest dog. He's huge. He will knock you over. He's gotten so big, (laughs) Um, but he's so sweet. He's very playful, a really big doofus. He's hopefully going to be a little bit more well-known around the community but that's the that's the dog that the department currently has
2: he is he has definitely gotten big and and he is uh a big loving puppy that's huge um and and boy does he adore chief layman it is it's adorable (laughs) we'll follow him around
1: I haven't seen them together in a while, but that's really good. Um, it's adorable. Well, Chief Layman has um, a dog of his own, and I, I was over there uh, at his house once, and the, it was so nice to see Axel having a dog friend, and that when <laughs> Axel goes home, he gets to play with his friend. But he hangs out in admin at the fire department. Um, he is... Not the only dog in recent years, though, that the fire department has had. There was a dog in the fire department that retired in 2008 with his handler, um... Fire investigator Pablo Martinez, who is Lieutenant Joaquin Martinez's father. Lieutenant Martinez is currently out of um, engine five or rescue five, excuse me. But um, so, for so between 2000 and 2008, the Grand Rapids Fire Department had a black lab named Rhonda, and Rhonda was not a pet, Rhonda was a working dog. She um, lived with Pablo um, when She was not at work, but she was, um, an accelerant sniffing dog. So, oh, cool. um, she was a full-time working dog, uh, and she helped solve a few investigations. Um, so this is another article. This is from MLive. Um, she worked at hundreds of fire scenes during her service and, one of the most high-profile cases Rhonda worked was a July 2002 death of 14-year-old Robin Bowes. Um, her body was found in the family's uh, Zealand home, which was burned. Uh, while most of the home smelled of gasoline, Rhonda found key evidence of gasoline on an overturned chair in the bedroom of uh, Robin's mother, Karen, and the mother was convicted of murder, unfortunately. Um so she, the, the, Ronda found that the chair was a crucial piece of evidence, um, and they probably wouldn't have found that evidence without the dog. There's a couple other wow. instances. Like, Ronda's nose was so sensitive that she could sniff out a drop of gasoline or other accelerant on a piece of wood from a considerable distance. Um, wow. And then Martinez recalls an instance where he investigated a routine fire uh, that was in an attic and brought Ronda into the house for companionship. But the dog alerted to insulation that had fallen from the ceiling, um, and it was material that Martinez couldn't tell was tainted, and it helped convict a contractor, uh, also a minister, who had been paid up front to renovate the vacant home, but ran out of money, so he set the attic on fire. Wow. Um and in another case, Rhonda helped sniff out the remnants of a Dixie cup of gas that was poured on the stairs of an Alpine Avenue stairwell, leading to apartments and set ablaze in 2000, killing a tenant. Uh, she found the accelerant despite an enormous amount of water used to put out the fire. Um, Rhonda and Martinez both retired together in 2008. Um Unfortunately, the story of Rhonda does not end very happily. Um, as with many working fire dogs, she succumbed to cancer and had to be put down in 2008 when she was 12 years old. Mm. But she did a great, uh, great service to the fire department and helped. Sell, uh, she helped solve quite a few, quite a few investigations. That's
2: wild. Yeah, I did not know about that, and that's neat that his uh, son is able to continue fighting fires.
1: Yeah. He's a great guy, too. Don't tell him I said that, though.
2: (laughs) Secret's safe. (laughs) While we're on dogs, uh, I have had the opportunity to see a police dog kind of do their thing. And and this was not training. Uh, It was the the real thing. And it was incredibly efficient and did uh, did so in place of an officer whose safety certainly would have been... um, potentially jeopardized so uh, well very efficient and uh impressive
1: yeah it seems like dogs are pretty i mean they're a pretty common pet in grand rapids um matt do you have info about uh anything else that they may have been used for for like work um obviously you know they're used in police and fire departments but
0: so i i have some information on uh, early early dogs, but it, it seemed kind of like the early citizens of Grand Rapids weren't a fan of dogs.
1: Why is that? Why weren't they fans of dogs? Um, it, it
0: seems like there was a lot of um, stray dogs and wild dogs in the area. Um, the, as early as uh, 1850, the Common Council created an ordinance on dogs Um, likely due to a petition of 92 citizens that was submitted around there around that time um, asking for the suppression of dogs in the city. Um, And the language of the uh, ordinance kind of betrayed some of their maybe animosities uh, too strong of a word. But the wording was, um, every person residing in this city owning or having in his possession or suffering to be kept on his or her premise, any dog. Uh, so that just <laughs> seemed a little bit. Suffering to be kept on his or her premise. Yeah,
2: they wow. might have gone a little overboard on that description.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do have one um, cool. They, they, were, they were pets um, back then as well. Um, the Grand Rapids Public Museum has a really cool artifact in its collection, and it's a uh, dog license tag. Um, it's small and circular. It was uh, from 1897, and it was made out of copper. Wow. Um, uh, and it was engraved with G.D. Rapids Dog for Grand Rapids Dog tax, um, 1897, female, and then 67. And I'm I'm not sure what that 67 at the end was for. Yeah, it was a, a, a pet, a female dog, and they, they had to pay that tax uh, for that license. Tag. How much was that? Um, so for one dog, it was $0.50 cents per year. Um, and then for every additional dog, it was $2 a year. Wow. Um, but they, they you could only have male dogs or neutered female dogs. Um, they had a uh, part of their ordinance was that no non-neutered female dog would be allowed in the city. Um, and I'm guessing that that's because they were worried about more uh, strays.
2: Sure. That seems, I mean... That seems like a way to approach that situation especially if folks were not happy about the amount of stray dogs right
0: yeah yeah um dog owners would would head down to the city assessor's office uh in in march of every year um to report to the the name and description of the dogs they owned um and then they were given their their dog license tag um and i really wish that a a record of those dog names had survived i curious to see what kind of names were used
2: back then <laughs> that would have been yeah uh you shine some light on it also uh is it time from you know the 1800s do some of those names start becoming popular again yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe uh isabel the dog will will become <laughs> popular uh, i don't know if that's an old name. <laughs> The city did have a rule
0: that if um, citizens were asking for aid from the welfare um, department, they were denied that aid if they owned a dog, um, which I thought was, was interesting.
2: Oh, any dog?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so they if, if they asked for aid from the city and they had a dog, they were denied.
2: Again, a, a way to maybe approach potential stray dog problems, but yeah, um, probably not a great way. I, right. Right.
0: But it, it did seem like stray dogs um, and and dogs running wild were a, a problem in the city. Um, it was it you know it was kind of harsh. It was a lot harsher back then. Um, but it was not illegal for someone to shoot a dog that they found running around. So if and and then if any owner had a dog that seemed to uh, they said have a ferocious character or disposition, they would need to pay a ten dollar fee, which was no small no small amount.
2: Was that complaint-based? or could, um, yeah, uh, uh,
0: yeah, I'm guessing.
2: Okay. I didn't know if we had someone actively moseying around town looking, <laughs> looking for... Uh, for... Uh, <laughs> that's a ferocious character. Well, uh, $10 fee. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, the marshal was required to look out for stray dogs, um, so maybe he, he went around and said that dog looks a little too... Sure. Uh, his disposition irks me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps he was barking at him. <laughs> um, so we had... Uh, a stray horse stable for a while. Did we continue that idea when it came to to pups?
0: Yeah. So so we had um, uh, in uh, as early as 1839, there was a pound that was created to house the dogs, and and those housed uh, the horses as well. Okay. Um, for a while. Um, the first pound master, I thought he had like the greatest name. His name was Philander Tracy. <laughs> oh, that's a
2: super villain name.
0: Yeah, that's good oh, it's, it's a crazy name. I
2: I was so surprised. The, during the day he goes by Phil. <laughs> yeah. And at night when he's solving things. Philander. Philander Tracy. It's a strong name.
0: Yeah, so they so they kept um the dogs and the other animals. Um one thing that they that they kept um there as well were pigs. Um so so pigs were pretty important in the early days of the city as well.
2: Uh f- for food? Yeah. Yep. For food, um, and I, so, I guess potentially cleaning things like um, you know eating food scraps and, and waste that may have otherwise been dumped on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Nature. Um. Some of the some of the dumps um uh, around and outside the city um, employed pigs. Um, most notably, we have a, a few photos of there was a White Cloud Piggery where they would take a lot of trash. Um, okay. The, the pigs would just break that down.
2: Wow. Of course. So they would drive all the way up to White Cloud with trash. Yeah, yeah. Boy.
0: Um, but homes, individual homes would raise pigs. Um around the time that they created the dog ordinance, a swine ordinance was created, um, which governed uh how many pigs you could raise, how how to house them. Um in in the central city, um, kind of like with horses, the swine couldn't run loose. Um, but it, the further you got out in the city, that was less enforced. But the the pound master was in charge of rounding up pigs that were running loose, and owners would go down to the pound and pay uh, fifty cents for their swine <laughs> if, uh, for every twenty four hours it stayed.
2: The early impound lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if if the pigs were there for um, more than three days, uh, the pound master could then sell them at auction. Um, but he had to give like a, a 48 hour notice uh, and said where where he would be selling them at auction and when um, to give the owners enough time. Um, I'm not sure if they gave that same courtesy to dog owners. Um, I think pigs were because food was um, often scarcer. In those uh, early days, I think pigs were more highly valued as a, a food source.
2: A family friend, when, when I was growing up, a family friend uh, dabbled in pig farming. And uh, we helped out, mostly cleaning stalls. Um, but we did get to to see a litter of pigs. Is it a litter of pigs? We saw a batch of pigs be born. <laughs> um, and that was pretty neat, you know, just cute little, you know, two-minute-old piglets. Uh, but pigs are smart, and they're... Uh, strong. Some of those big pigs are ferocious, or could be ferocious. I suppose
1: <laughs> they're but scary when they get that big.
2: Smarting. Yeah. Um. In in
0: 1905, um, the city built a new pound, um, to solely house the dogs, um, and and this, um, they noted it was better suited to actually take care of the dogs, um, while they waited to be picked up by their owners.
1: Oh, good. It sounds like they're starting to realize that. I don't know dogs are normal pets so it it just sounds like the, the the start of pets and animals in Grand Rapids just it didn't get off to a very good start so
0: yeah yeah it seems like they were, the city was kind of turning around um, in their attitude towards, towards animals
1: so how do we want to end it well that's all folks
2: what did you say earlier did you say so how should we end this yeah maybe that's how we end everyone yeah. so I how like should that. we end this so how and should we and then noise from the cafe.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, just taper off uh, Yeah, us droning on about local history. I like it. I think that that I mean that's what I would vote for, but um, my vote doesn't count for much. That's how I would end it. And, and we can play around with the ending too. Um, or we could since, since we oh. trick them and
0: Yeah. It just never ends. Not end. Yeah. We'll just take right up at the next one. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. almost done. They yeah, they're almost done. <laughs>